0: The epistle for this fifth Sunday after Pentecost is taken from the first epistle of St. Peter. Beloved, be all like-minded in prayer, compassionate lovers of the brethren, merciful, reserved, humble, not rendering evil for evil or abuse for abuse, but contrariwise blessing. For unto this you were called that you might inherit a blessing. For he who would love life and see good things Let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips, that they speak no deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek after peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are upon the just, and his ears unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. And who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you suffer anything for justice's sake, blessed are you. So have no fear of their fear, and do not be troubled but hallow the Lord Christ in your hearts. Please stand for the gospel. The gospel is taken from the fifth chapter of the gospel of St. Matthew. At that time, Jesus said to his disciples, Unless your justice exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to the ancients, Thou shalt not kill, and that whoever shall kill shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be liable to judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, shall be liable to the Sanhedrin. And whoever says, thou fool, shall be liable to the fire of Jehenna. Therefore, if thou art offering thy gift at the altar, and there remember that thy brother has anything against thee, leave thy gift before the altar, and go first to be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. Please be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. Dear Reverend Fathers, dear faithful, a few years ago I gave a sermon in which I started off by saying that it is a good and holy thing to get married. Most people are called to marriage. Marriage is an institution established by God for our human nature, and marriage has been raised to the level of a sacrament, and for that reason. The pursuit of marriage is a very praiseworthy thing. and It's always comforting for, for the priests when, when there are good marriages each year in the parish, when, it, when a young couple comes forward to, to get married and it's anticipated, they'll form a very good family. However, the way in which one goes about seeking marriage is extremely important. It's a question of finding someone to whom you can dedicate your entire life finding one person who you want to be your collaborator in bringing new life into the world. And if you say to yourself, well, I would like to get married one day. I, I would like to, to form a family. It only makes sense to say to yourself as well, how do I go about this? How do I go about preparing myself for marriage? How do I find a spouse? And of course, we, we have different terminology in the, in the English language, Some, sometimes we call it courtship, sometimes we call it dating, in, in order to indicate the process by which you go about finding a spouse. You know how our modern world, one of the characteristics of our modern world, is, is basically to cheapen everything, to cheapen everything important um, that exists in our life, whether it be sacred. Or um, even natural things, and today young people are not really encouraged to give much thought to finding someone to to be their spouse. Uh, rather, they are expected to just go wherever their emotion leads them to just find people at random. Uh, the, the the so-called hookup culture, where where people just randomly meet and almost immediately they they become emotionally and sexually involved with one another, um, as if building a deeper relationship is not important at all, or as if the, the, the purpose of, of meeting someone of the opposite sex is not, in fact, to prepare for marriage. Um, that's why Catholics pr- pr- tend to prefer, if we're, we're talking about this process of preparing for marriage, we tend to prefer the word courtship over the term dating. Courtship implies the, that, that someone is, is, is going to very, very thoughtfully and carefully uh, look for a spouse, whereas dating can have the connotation that someone's just looking to have a good time. So it should be obvious that the more important the decision you are making in your life, then the more careful and reflective you need to be in making that decision. And deciding your your state in life Deciding the the person with whom you're going to spend the rest of your life, w- with whom you're going to to form the most important aspect of your life, your family, um, is is a massive, massive decision. So it it needs to be done properly. There needs needs to be uh, the, the process there. So let's just talk about a few aspects of courtship today. It's impossible to cover everything about it. It's a vast topic, but There's a few things I just want to mention in regards to courtship. First of all, that that there is a condition, an important preliminary condition, before you start the process of courtship. And that is that you're actually in a position to get married. There's no point in courting someone if you can't propose to someone, if you're not in a position to form a family. The whole Point is is to prepare for marriage. But if you're not able to get married, then there's no there's no reason to start the process. Um, it, it'd be like someone who goes to to a store and and they just wander around the store for a few hours. They look at the products, they take the products off, say, "Oh, check this out. This is this is nice." And then they they end up leaving the store without buying anything. Why doesn't he buy anything? Because he's got no money. He's, he just goes to the store, but he can't actually purchase anything. He's not in a position to commit himself to any product. Um, and, and you would, you would say, well, why are you even going to the store then if you go to stores to buy things? Um, it's, it's similar if, if, if you engage in, in courtship, but, but you're not able to say, "Will you marry me. <laughs> um, you, you, you're, you're not there. You're not not having this relationship for the very purpose of the relationship. At best, it makes the courtship pointless, and usually worse, it it makes it harmful and dangerous. Um, You know, if someone would would go to the stores on a habitual basis where they have no buying power over time, they're going to be tempted to do some shoplifting. So. Beyond that, when, when a couple, um, decides to, to court one another, there's, there's something that I want to, to point out that needs to be avoided in addition to some things that, that should be looked for. And if you, if you read the Catholic literature on this topic, um, they, they tend to focus on one thing very heavily. And, and this is the, the importance for the couple to avoid falling into sin with one another to, to avoid sins of impurity with one another. Why? Why is this, foc- this focus? Why is that so important in the time where you're preparing for marriage not to fall into sins against purity? Well, there's, there's a number of reasons for this first reason is that these physical signs of affection that, that are given between a man and a woman, they, they immediately create a strong emotional bond with that person. And once you have that strong emotional bond with, with that other person, then you tend to find it difficult to judge the person accurately. You, t- you tend to be blinded to their faults at, at that point. So if you, if upfront you're creating the strong emotional bond, then you're rendering yourself unable to properly assess whether this person will be good uh, for you to marry or not to marry. Consider if you were doing a job, you had some, some task that, that you were doing, and you're going along well, but all of a sudden in the middle of the task, you lose your eyesight. You just can't see anymore. And you have, you have to now complete the task without being able to see. Well, you, you have a really difficult time completing the task properly, um, being blind. And, and that's the way it is in, in a courtship. If, if, if there exists all of a sudden this strong emotional bond and you're going to start explaining away all the faults, then you're not going to be able to properly assess whether this person will be good for you. A second reason why impurity is really bad in a courtship is just quite simply because of the fact that it's sinful and sin is, is not good. Sin, sin is something that ruins our life. It, it, uh, it hampers everything that we do insofar as that sin enters into our life. Um, it harms what we're doing and courtship is not an exception. It's so important that when people court or date, um, that they really have the desire not to fall in, into sin with, with one another, not to lead one another into sin, to, to have a virtuous relationship. There's this booklet, Clean Love and Courtship, by Father Lovasic, and he exhorts young people in this way, in these very beautiful words of wisdom, He says, let the desire for complete sinlessness get into your bloodstream. It will have a beneficial influence on your whole character, giving you a sense of self-control, a confidence that will enable you to look the world straight in the eye. You will command the respect of others. That is the reason why a decent young man really respects the young woman who quietly refuses to be pawed over and necked he wants a wife who has kept pure the third reason why avoiding impurity in courtship is important is because of the fact that impurity leads to selfishness it fosters selfishness in the soul and, and what what a couple must want to strive for in preparing for their marriage is to build up in themselves a greater spirit of sacrifice, this ability to give themselves to the good of the family, to the good of their wife and their and their children and their husband and their children once they get married, so they don 't want to be fostering selfishness in their soul while while they're courting. Uh, they 're courting they want to be fostering the spirit of sacrifice so again Father Lovasek says the vice of impurity is ugly it is a tyrant once you surrender to it you will find that it will eat away your ideals of moral goodness it will breed selfishness of the worst kind it will weaken your will and make your reason a slave to mere physical instincts when it should be their master a fourth reason why impurity needs to be avoided in the courtship is because of the fact that it cheapens the love that's needed for marriage to to have a lifelong relationship you need to have a high level of love a, a virtuous love not not a love that's based on the pleasure that you're receiving from the other but but a love that is based on the good that you desire to do to the other but the the sin of impurity makes a person over time desire that person more for the pleasure that they will receive than the good that they can do to that person. You certainly don't want a lustful person for your spouse. That's that's the last thing that you want. You, you don't want your boyfriend or your girlfriend lusting after you. you. You want them to be attracted to you, but not lusting after you. Because of the fact that, that if, if they are subject to this vice of lust, then they're not desiring you for you. They're desiring you for your physical attractiveness. And there's lots of people out there who are physically attractive. So, so what's, what's the guarantee that this vice of lust in them is, is will not be directed to someone else? The, in other words, the capacity For your, your prospective wife or husband to control themselves in this regard during the time of courtship is a certain guarantee of their fidelity to you throughout the course of your life. That, that they will be able to restrain themselves. They will be able to restrain their passion. If they're, they're able to restrain themselves in regards to you and your courtship, they will also be able to restrain themselves later on. You can, you can expect they have the habit of this virtue, whereas if they're exhibiting certain lust in, in the course of the courtship, you may wonder, okay, well, are, are they going to be able to control themselves when, when they're attracted to someone other than me? We may, we may question. Um, true love has a price, and the, the courtship is, is a time to discern whether the, the, the person you're courting is willing to pay that price. And if they are willing to be virtuous in your presence, that's a sign that they they have the capacity to pay that price. Here's what Father Lovasic says, ardent kisses should be held at a high premium. They should be so priceless that only a husband given at the foot of the altar has the price with which to buy them. This price is not gold it is integrity. So signs of affection are allowed, are but, but not passionate signs of affection. Anything that leads to or excites that sexual pleasure is, is to be avoided uh, until, until the marriage so that the integrity is kept and there is that certain guarantee that the couple has the virtue necessary to commit themselves to one another for life. Even if if a couple is successful in avoiding falling into sin with one another, and this is a great accomplishment and a great preparation for their life together, it's also important that their relationship not be obsessive. That they're still able to maintain a normal life in the course of their of their courtship. They're, they're, they're not uh texting one another 24-7, like they they have to be with one another all the time. And when family members are trying to talk to them and interact with them, they just they just can't interact because they're so consumed with with their relationship with with their their boyfriend or, or girlfriend. That would indicate a, a certain uh, weakness on their part, a certain lack of maturity. Uh, that 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 in their relationship they are conducting the relationship more for the attention that they are receiving than for the good that they're able to give to the other. It is really important that, that the couple maintain their purity of intention throughout the course of the courtship. You know how it is, how, how we can, as human beings, we can, we can often start something with very good intentions, but somehow in the middle of doing whatever we're doing, we get sidetracked and our intentions deviate sometimes without us even noticing so if you if you're thinking about the okay how how do i want to conduct myself in a courtship what would be the good way to prepare myself for for have for finding a, a spouse um, you you say i want this courtship to be good at the beginning at the middle and the end all the way up to the day of my marriage this is this is must be my goal okay so that's one major thing that should be avoided What about the positive things that must be fostered in the relationship and uh, especially how you assess whether the courtship is going well? Is, is this a relationship that's giving signs that it's going to work out? That, that uh, we, we can get married and be morally certain that we'll have a good marriage. Something that should be very obvious is is that you have to like the person you're dating, you're, you're courting. You you have to you have to get along. You have to enjoy the company of of the other person. Um, if if you don't enjoy being around this person, why would you want to spend the rest of your life with them? You just, it wouldn't make any sense for you to say, "Okay, I don't enjoy being around this person, but I'm going to spend the rest of my life with them." That you know, that you you may say they're, they're they're a good person and everything, but if if there's no there's no compatibility, if there's not that chemistry that, that's there, some, some chemistry, some attraction, uh, that's not a good sign. A, another criterion of, of judgment is, is whether the, the couple are, are better together than they are apart. Is, is this relationship improving you? Does, is, it, is it making you, uh, inspiring you to, to greater virtue, to be a better person? than you were before um are are you moved to be something greater than you were um, are you moved to to mo- be more virtuous in the presence of your boyfriend or girlfriend or do you find yourself becoming worse over time if you if you're becoming better um over time through your relationship with this person it is a very good sign then Clearly, it's important for the the two, the the couple, to have the same ideals, to have the same vision, to have to be on the same page in in regards to the most important things in your life. Um, what what kind of family you want to have? Your the the sharing of of the Catholic faith. You, you you your vision for how you want the family, what you want it to accomplish, and how that's going to be accomplished. This is why the, the church is so discouraging towards mixed marriages. She's like strongly discourages her children, um, to perform, to, to get into a mixed marriage where there's one party is Catholic and the other party is non-Catholic. Uh, because you're going to be like rowing a boat with one oar. Uh, you, you, at the best, you just be going around in circles. If, if on the most fundamental thing, you do, you do not agree. That it doesn't make sense to to pledge yourselves to one another for for life. Um, you will save yourself a life of misery by not getting into a mixed marriage, where, where you say, "I'm I'm going to marry this person, and we're going to disagree on the most fundamental thing of of our marriage: how we're going to raise our children and the goal of of getting them to heaven." So, it's, it's so important, um, to, that, that, when, if you're, if you're courting somebody who's a non-Catholic and that's already dangerous, but, but if, if you're in that situation and they, they indicated at any time that you're just not interested in the Catholic faith, then you just have to break it off. I mean, it, it can be painful, of course, but, but you, would you rather have that pain or, or would you rather have a life of misery? It's, it's an easy choice. There's plenty of other people out there. There's billions of people out there. Um, so there's a lot of other possibilities uh, besides this person who clearly is not going to share your most fundamental vision for who you are. There's a lot of good works of literature. This is, this topic is, is something that, that humans have grappled with for, for ages. Um, but recently I was, uh, reading a book by Sigurd Unzet, who is, is a Catholic, a, a Danish Norwegian Catholic. And the, the whole book is, is basically the playing out of her bad decision in marrying where, where she just becomes passionately attracted to this man without even knowing him. And She commits her heart to him without understanding who he is or what consequences the relationship would have. And so she ends up, um, having to, to cause a lot of damage. To get this this man in the in the rest of the thousand pages of the book or the playing out of the consequences of her making this bad choice. So, if, if you want to be encouraged to to make a good choice, uh, re, get, get through those thousand pages will give you a very good example. So, my dear faithful, especially dear young people, it's it's a very beautiful thing um, to find someone with whom you can spend your life and, and form a family. Um, God's blessing is on marriage. He's, he's created as part of, of our human nature. And if you seek up a, a spouse with his plan in mind, your, your family life will be very blessed and, and you will uh, accomplish his plan for you in this life. So I want to encourage you to, to, yes, court, um, but to, to seek to do it in a way that is good and especially to pray to Our Lady every day of your life. Is on until, the, until the day of your marriage, to ask Our Lady to, to guide you, to enlighten you in this process um, so that you may choose well and uh, not only accomplish God's plans for you in this life, but also be with your family together in heaven forever. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, amen.